where darkness looms, where doubt clouds the minds, and where hope flickers like a dying ember, a beacon of light emerges. Welcome to the realm of We Are Lions podcast. This is not just any podcast. It is an immersive journey, an odyssey of the soul, a quest for the divine truth. Guided by the whispers of the patristic fathers of the church, in every episode we will traverse the majestic landscapes of faith, compassion, and love, illuminating the path that leads us to our true purpose. Led by our fearless hosts, an intrepid seeker of truth, we shall embark on dialogues that stir the soul, conversations that challenge our perceptions, and revelations that redefine our understanding of the divine. For within us all lies the heart of a lion, fierce and unyielding, waiting to be awakened. Together we shall forge an indomitable tribe, united by the hunger for enlightenment, the yearning for transformation, and the thirst for the teachings of the one true God. So join us on this epic adventure as we roar with the wisdom of the ages, transcending boundaries and unleashing the power within. Welcome, dear listeners, to We Are Lions podcast, where the teachings of Jesus ignite the fire within our souls. We are lions, and this is our time. Welcome to the very first We Are Lions podcast. We're going to call this what? The Lions Den. The Lions what you said. I feel like someone's done that before. Simba. <laughs> but man, this is the beginning of a journey with two individuals sitting beside me. So we're going to try to get video rolling one day if it, this doesn't make it out there on the internet. You at least have the audio. So I don't know really where to look. I don't know if I need to look <laughs> at you guys or if I need to look forward. But welcome. This is your first time getting to know us. We're going to kind of get into who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Yes, this is the very, very first We Are Lions podcast. Been in, I had a dream to do this for a while. I know me and Adam's talked about it and Corey's just now, I think, was the icing on the cake to make us roll on it. But yeah, we're just going to kind of share our hearts, who we are, and what we're doing. And I've got a mission statement here for Weird Lines Ministry exists to equip, empower, and affirm beloved identity within and over all of God's people to cause a movement that frees them from a performance-based faith, but rather a devotion to a loving father that desires sonship, intimacy over all else. And so kind of my journey, I'll just start there, was I've been on staff at a church for seven and a half years. I stepped away. All good, pastor. I love everything about our church. But I felt a pull. I felt a pull to get outside of the four walls for this season. I think God will probably put me back in four walls, maybe in some sort of ministry role, if you will. But right now, I've started a ministry with several men called We Are Lions. And I think that might be a whole nother podcast of all of the testimony of why we are where we're at. But I just say this. I asked the Lord for confirmation in stepping away from the church because that was a big decision that weighed very heavily because it's all I've known in ministry for seven and a half years. So it was not easy. So my Gideon moment was, Lord, show me lions. And then the Lord just was really cool about how he tied so many things in over the years of why I need to chase lions. And after that, it's kind of like the whole heart of this is I think it's much bigger than men. I think that's why I wrote the mission statement the way it is, is just getting people to see that when we see Jesus, we no longer see a slaughtered lamb. We see a triumphal. It sounds good. It sounded good. Triumphant lion. And that's, he calls us to be. Just like Paul tells us, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We're supposed to be imitators of the Lord. And so I think that we could take this a lot of different ways, but I think the main focus is identity. I think that's been something that's been on my heart for so long is a lot of people of the faith. We go to church every Sunday and talk about how awesome God is, but then our Mondays, 
are like hell. Yeah. I mean, how often do you hear people say they dread going to work on Monday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we talk about how awesome God is and how good life is, but then we're like, oh, I hate going to work on Monday morning. My favorite. Waymaker. Miracle. <laughs> and do we really believe it? I mean, right. I, preach, I think I preach that in youth as times. Do we really believe the words on the screen? Do we really believe? And I understand that when you look in scripture, you've got David who kills giants, but then he's writing these songs. Oh God, why have you <laughs> So I maybe that's a deeper conversation. But anyways, we can roll. I'm gonna let you guys speak here in a second. But the whole point of Weird Lines is getting God's people to understand their identity and who they truly are. And there's a saying in a movie, I was gonna bring this up, because part of the We Are Lions title was from a movie. It's just how the Lord speaks to me. But there was a there was another movie where there was a famous line that said, Rise and rise again until lambs become lions. And so the whole part behind that is kind of goes with the mission is getting people right now. We're just doing a Monday service, first Monday of every month, just for men right now. But like I said, I think it's going to go much deeper. Sure. Uh, because I think there's a lot of people, part of our ministries, like you, Corey, and Eli, and some other guys who have a desire to plant a church. And I think that is what this ministry is for, it is not to be, it's not against the church. It's supposed to come alongside the church. Yeah. And how can we raise these people up? But if you don't know who you are, Maybe you know some of your giftings. You maybe you know you're called to be a pastor, but what if you're so ate up with condemnation? It's keeping you from being man fully alive. And I think from the guy that I listen to, Damon, we're going to reference him quite often. It's that's God's greatest joy is when man is fully alive. And I think that's the heart behind We Are Lions is getting men to see their value and to see how important they are to creation, how they are, how important they are to the cosmos, and how. We're supposed to bring heaven to earth, and we yeah. can't bring heaven to earth if we don't know who we are. And we've heard that, but I think some of the things we will talk on the podcast in several episodes is getting rid of legalism, getting rid of the things that we've been maybe even taught our whole lives. And again, I think it's what's so beautiful in my heart is not getting rid of the people in my life that have made such a difference because maybe they need to have their own revelation. Yeah. God is revealing things to me in a different way, and I love it. Not that I've got it all figured out, and I know y'all could say the same thing, but that's why we're here, and we started this to go deeper. We started this to maybe talk about some things that are hard to talk about. I think everybody wants to do that, but I pray that the Spirit leads us yeah. where we can- I mean, At the end of the day, I think a lot of people are afraid to do it. That's good. Especially pastors from a pulpit, right? I mean, me that's my calling is to be a pastor- and there are some things that will be very tender to talk about from the pulpit. And yeah. not because I'm afraid that I would lose congregants or that I would lose tithe money or anything like that. But at the end of the day, I only have 30 minutes mm-hmm. on a Sunday. And there are just some topics that if I don't have more than 30 minutes, I can't get my full heart out on it. Yeah. And so I think this podcast is going to be a place where maybe it takes us three episodes to really dig into a topic. But we'll be able to really dig into the topic and share the true heart behind it and let hopefully let the spirit then remove any offense that people would have if I just said one thing about a taboo subject on stage on a Sunday. Because how many people will go to church on a Sunday, hear the pastor say something, and he may be preaching a series, right? But they just hear one thing. They don't hear the heart behind what he's trying to say. Because maybe they missed last week's service or maybe they're not coming back the week after. And then they start turning their back on God because they only let one 10-minute moment of a sermon yeah. turn them off to everything. You know, it's funny. It's most 
let's just call it videos that you'll see online of like, you get these people that are out to attack certain churches, like, look what Bethel did, or look what just happened down at Hillsong. And oftentimes, even like pro- well, what people, most people call, let me say it this way, most people call prosperity preachers. <clears throat> they'll only take a small couple sentences they said, and regardless that even those small sentences may be edgy from the wrong mm-hmm. context. But they build a whole YouTube page on how they're exposing Pharisees. Yeah. Heretic on it. <laughs> is that a real thing? That's what I call them. I don't know if that's a real thing. I'm sure you- What you call them? A heretic hunter. Yeah, heretic Listen, hunters. if I was making a YouTube channel about trying to expose false preachers, that'd be it right there. Yeah. The heretic hunter. <laughs> it's like bounty hunter, you yeah. know? Playing off what you both said, like, there are a lot of things that just need to be unpacked. You know, like you're saying, like people will hear a sound bite or a sa- you know a ten second clip and form an opinion. And there's a lot of things that need to be discussed that is not a thirty minute sermon, even if your whole sermon is focused on that. You know that there are theological things and there are revelation things that I've received over the years that it's when people when I talk about, it, I'm like, this is not an hour long conversation. This is two years of reading or study. In this format, you can kind of get to the heart of that a little bit more than you can in the sermon. And you're hearing more than just one man's opinion too, right? So, you're yes. going to get to hear, and mm. this is not me patting our, us three on the back, but you're going to hear three very well-versed, well-studied, well-prayed-up men give separate opinions on separate things. Yeah. And I can assure the listeners that they are going to hear disagreements on this podcast. I'm willing to bet money they're yeah. going to hear disagreements on this podcast. But what they're going to also hear is they're going to hear us being willing to listen yep. and hear out an opinion that may be different than ours. Because at the end of the day, the Bible does call for unity. Yeah. And it's okay for us to be in unity and not agree. Correct. Mm. So long as we agree on the main topics of the faith, right, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Repentance is a very vital aspect of life. Absolutely. We agree on those subjects. There is just gray matter Mm -hmm. in the scripture, and I think it's going to be fun to dig into those things. Yeah. To go back to what Johnny said, the reason that we are focusing, I think, on men starting out And it'll get deeper than that, I believe. You know, that's the heart of We Are Lions is to go beyond just men. But at the end of the day, if you start with men, you reach the whole household. I mean, that's just the reality, right? I mean, the man is the spiritual authority of the house. That is not to say that women are inferior. That is not to say that I boss my wife around. That is not to say any of those things. It is just, I was created to be the authority, the spiritual head of my household, the one that answers for how my house goes, the one that controls the spiritual thermostat, if you want to say it that way. I like it. And so, it's important to start with men because, here we go, we're just going to jump right into this. Look at church services on Sunday. Worship is driven by women. The church is driven by women. You mean, you have men that go to church on Sunday? Couldn't tell you one song that was sang or one scripture that was read because they're just there because their wife wants them to be there. And that is just because they don't understand that the creator of the universe calls them a son. Yeah. And they don't understand what true worship looks like. And we have to get to a place where men are willing to take their seat at the head of their household again. Well, think about this, like inside the church body. And this is one of those things where there's a, a stark disagreement with men and women. Whether it's complementarian, I might have said that wrong, or egalitarian, meaning that, like, Big me personally, like, you know, I believe when we're fully operating as we're designed to be, there is no 
Jew or Greek, male or female, free right. or slave, you know, that a son or daughter operating in sonship, just like men are a part of the bride of Christ in the same way that there are going to be women that, that operate in sonship. We can call it daughtership, whatever you want to call it. But when we're fully operating in who we're supposed to be, you know, there is no difference. Mm. But the problem is in our society, in our church society, there's a misrepresentation, like you're saying. But the problem is, is that we've got half the population, men specifically, who know that they're designed to be the head, and yet they're not. And then you have women who also don't know that they're called to be daughters of the king, and that they're acting as support for these men who don't want to lead, when leadership in men is supposed to draw out leadership in women. Leadership in women is supposed to draw out leadership in men. You know, so we end up with because half the body of Christ doesn't want to do what they're designed to do, the whole body of Christ is missing. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Mm-hmm. See, and I think you can go deeper. So maybe that's what we need to shift right here. It's spiritual authority. You just brought up like, what is the authority that men have in their families, their marriages, their authority? I think the listeners are getting a sneak peek into what we want the first episode of a topic to be. I think we've kind of gotten off the subject of what we were trying to do because this was meant to be an introduction, but with all of us being talkers, that's just what we do. Why don't we close it with this? Why don't you guys, I kind of shared my heart. Why don't you share your heart about where you're at, what God, either one of y'all can go first, but just so the listeners get to know who you are a little bit. Yeah. So my name is Corey. For those of you who obviously are listening, maybe you don't know who I am, but Johnny and Adam and I have all grown up in the same area. We've all grown up and I used to always tell people that I'm like a Southern Baptist Methacostal kind of <laughs> church, right? I mean, we've all grown Hostel sounds like a drug. <laughs> doesn't it? But we've all grown up in, let's, I mean, we've grown up in what I've always been told is the buckle of the Bible belt, yeah. right? And so I grew up in, yeah, big old thick belt buckle. That's what I envision <laughs> when people say that. But we've grown up in the Bible belt and there's a church on every corner and I've been in all different types of churches. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having a church on every corner. But what I've noticed in my 12-year walk with the Lord, 10 years in ministry, is that so many of these churches just don't understand the power that they truly have. And so my heart, God has called me and my wife to plant a church. We've been involved in a church in our local area for 10 years, served as young adult pastors for the majority of those. And I love the church that I grew up in. There's nothing, you know, I don't have anything against them. We're stepping out with their blessing and our pastor is going to serve on our board in some sort of way and the mentorship that he has provided. But the heart that I have for ministry is for people to encounter the real presence of God. Yeah. I want people, I don't just want a fancy light show. I don't just want the best singers. I don't just want the best musicians. I don't just want to be a good communicator because I believe we're going to have all of that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if that's all we have, I can rouse your emotions. (laughs) You give me 10 minutes, I can give you a three-point sermon that has you in tears before we leave. But if I don't get you into the authentic presence of God, what did I actually do? I didn't do anything. Yeah. I truly believe that if we can get people into the presence of God, then God can do the work that needs to be done. And so my heart for ministry, my heart for wanting to be a part of this is because I see men not understanding and maybe not ever truly encountering the presence of God. Yeah. I want men to see that it is okay to be vulnerable. It is okay to be emotional. 
It is okay to be real. And at the end of the day, I truly believe it is okay to have questions. And I hope that being a part of this, I just hope that I can be a voice to men to understand that it doesn't make you any less of a man to cry at a worship service. It doesn't make you any less of a man to love your wife with all that you absolutely have, to treat her like the queen that she truly is. And I know that sounds cliche, but she's a daughter of a king. I mean, that's what you were just talking about. And if I was marrying a daughter of a king, I promise you, I would want the king to be pleased with how I treated his daughter. Absolutely. And so my heart is just for people to encounter the presence of God, to encounter the true power that they have, and then let God do the work. It's not my job to do the work. It's not my job to change you. It's not my job to convict you. Billy Graham said it this way, and it's how me and my wife want to live our life and lead our church. Billy Graham said, it's our job to love. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and it's God's job to judge. My job is to get them into the presence of an almighty God. Let him do his work. So it's good, but it's awesome. My name's Adam. I grew up in this area as well. Known Johnny and Corey for quite a while now. Corey and I met, we were in college together playing football. I met Johnny playing rugby. I remember hearing his name when we were in Little League because I just remember thinking, what the heck's a killabrew? That's a sweet last name. Best. Yes, sir. But yeah, kind of grown up in ministry with Johnny. I'm 33. And I was thinking about this the other day. With the exception of four years of my life, I was in church. Mm. Got saved when I was five. Grew up as a preacher's kid from, what, 18 to 22. You know, I, I ran from God. But I, even though I've been in church that whole time, I really feel like, like, first off, I'm more on fire for Jesus now than I ever have been. Come on. But I feel like my walk with the Lord has not been authentic or my own, mm. except for the last probably seven or eight years. Yeah. And I've unlearned, so to speak, a lot of things. One of the reasons I want to be so a part of this is because I'm going to try not to get into a deeper topic here, but <laughs> right now it's popular to, and really for the last, honestly, five or six years has been popular, you know, the theme of deconstruction. A lot of people are deconstructing and a lot of things need to be deconstructed. I love that. The problem is, is that, and Pastor Casey Doll says this, I've heard him say this a few times, deconstruction without reconstruction yeah. is destructive. And so- It's good. Like my walk with the Lord has been completely deconstructed and then reconstructed. My relationship with God is has progressed further than it ever has. But I don't want people to just blindly deconstruct <laughs> some of the topics we're going to talk about. I want people to be enlightened, but it's not about sheer mental enlightenment. I want people to be able to unpack these topics that we're going to be talking about. And my heart in this is to healthily guide them to a reconstructed state. You know, the problem with Christianity in the West, but let's say specifically with men, it's not that people don't believe the Bible, or it's not that people just reject what Jesus said. It's that we believe what we say the Bible says, or mm-hmm. we believe what we believe the Bible says. And so we have a lot of people missing their full potential, missing their full calling or who they're designed to be yeah, because they have an inferior understanding, an inferior revelation of who God says they are and what God says they're called to do. So if I can be a voice in helping people see how God really sees them, see what God really says, and that's not to say that I have a stronghold on the truth, you know, but if I can help people unlearn and relearn some of the things that I've gone through in my life, then I feel like that can empower people. Or at least encourage people to try it. Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Like, it's what I always tell people when I preach. Don't just take my word for it. Go to yeah. the scripture yourself. Yeah. 
Let God give you revelation. I hope one of the things that people will notice is all of us growing up in the church, we could point to problem after problem after problem that we see in the church, but I pray that people would see that we are not going to ever so much talk about in a negative light Mm -hmm. the things that we see wrong with the church. Rather, we are just going to encourage what we want to see in the church. That's good. You know, there's a thing that's a commercial for like some security program. I think it's like an identity protection thing. And like they're a, it's a security guard at the bank. And he's like, hey, there's, there's a bike, bank robber. They're like, are you going to do anything? He's like, no, I'm a security monitor. I'm not a security guard. You know, basically like what's the point in pointing out a problem if there's nothing you can do about it or will do about it? Yeah. You know, so I don't want to be the one sitting here throwing stones to the church. or I don't want to be the one sitting here pointing out every little flaw. But if we can bring uh, solutions to the table, that's not, not that we're the gatekeepers or not that we're the fixers of the church at all. Yeah. But like, what's the point of pointing out everything there if, we're, if that's all we're doing. That's the voice of the accuser. You know, though we're Christian, though we're sons of God, we can act as the voice of the accuser if we're not operating in the nature of Jesus. Yeah. You know, if we're not operating in sonship, you know, we can use this. If we wanted to be misguided in this, we could use this to throw stones. But instead, you know, we, we see Jesus bring unity and bring healing. He had every opportunity, man. He had every opportunity yeah. to just tear apart everything that he saw going wrong in the church. Yep. He chose not to do that, and he chose to just encourage people mm-hmm. with the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, I think, let's close it with this. Maybe, I don't know if Johnny wants to pray it out or what we want to do, but think about the lady with the issue or the lady that got caught in adultery. Jesus had every opportunity in that moment to just tear apart everything wrong with that situation. He chose not to do that. He chose to simply say, if you've never messed up, go ahead and throw a stone. And eventually they all left and he just simply looked at the lady and said, I don't do that either. Go and sin no more. I'm not here to throw stones at the things that I disagree with about this church or that church or that preacher or this preacher. At the end of the day, I'm not the one that they answer to. Correct. They answer to God. Mm -hmm. I just want people to see our heart behind what we want people to do. And so, you know, the idea is to take people into beloved identity through sonship and God. And it's like, we're going to teach you how to get there and maybe encourage you to dig into the scripture, deconstruct some of the things that you've experienced in your life and reconstruct it on scriptural truth. Yeah, absolutely. But I will never, and neither of these two guys will ever, if you catch us out in public, whatever, you'll never catch us throwing stones at our churches, your church. The Methodist Church, the Church of Christ, you'll never catch me throwing stones. You didn't say Baptist. Oh, well, I just didn't know which form of Baptist to <laughs> say there. There's like 50,000 of them. But at the end of the day, you'll never catch me throwing stones, yeah. you know, uh, because the Paul calls us to have no divisions among mm-hmm. us. And yeah. I'm causing division if I throw stones. So, mm. they are throwing stones and throwing revelation. <laughs> Revelation stone. <laughs> well, thank you guys for that. So we're just buckle up. I pray that people want to join us on this journey. We know it's a brand new podcast. People don't know who we are, but I'm okay with that because I think what you just said was really powerful about what you both said is the word deconstruction. I think it's been like a cuss word for so many people because yeah. it's like, you're lo- you're a universalist, losing your mind. But in reality, wouldn't you want to unlearn bad habits? Yep. Yeah. You I'm know? trying to do that in my health walk right now. Yeah. I'm trying to deconstruct eating like crap. I'm still finding the bad habits. I'll let you know the ones I find. <laughs> but we're beyond thankful if you decided to join us um, today and on this journey. 
I don't even know. I think we're still working on our goal of how many we're going to try to produce like every month, how many episodes. But a lot of us were very, very, very busy. All got kids, all got businesses and ministry and Adam just had a little baby. We're busy, but we desire to do this. I think, yeah. I think we desire to break down some things without worrying if I'm going to say the wrong thing, if I'm going to get fired or <laughs> whatever. But you get fired, there's a problem. I know. That's what's so awesome about this. <laughs> yeah. You fired yourself. I know. <laughs> I know. But we're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for everybody that's decided to join us. And let me pray us out, man, and we'll get rolling on and, and hopefully we'll be producing another episode here soon. So thank you for joining us. Let's pray. So Father, I thank you for every listener and every supporter and everybody that's wanting to join us on this journey, Lord. I'm just beyond thankful, God, that we have the ability to utilize technology for your glory. And so, Father, I pray that even when we think we have it all figured out, that we stay humble and we stay in a place and a posture of, Lord, let your will be done, not mine. Let your heart be shown through me as a vessel and through these men as a vessel. So, Father, I just thank you for Corey and Adam that we're doing this together, Father. Lord, your word even says where three are gathered, you're in the midst, God. You command a blessing, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you just bless this podcast, God. Let this be a wave of information that just not only challenges people in their faith, but convicts me. I want to walk away knowing, God, I've got things I need to change. But Father, I pray that we go deep and give us wisdom, give us knowledge, and give us the ability, Lord, to really hear your heart in everything that we read, that we listen to, that we say. That way we release it, Lord. Father, we're doing it under your guidance. We're doing it under your lordship, knowing that we are representing you well, and I think that's what it's about. So Father, just guide us in all truths. Be with our families, our loved ones, be with our listeners, and anyone that, like I said, it might be two people right now, and that's fine, God. But I pray that you bless them and I pray that somebody's faith grows stronger. And even what Corey was saying earlier, Lord, I pray that this allows men to say, you know what, that's time for me to step up and become the line that God's called us to be. So God, we love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you guys next time. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us on this transformative journey. Together, we've embarked on a quest that transcends time and space, forever united by the teachings of the one true God. Carry the torch of enlightenment, spread compassion far and wide, and let these teachings resonate in every corner of your lives. Stay tuned as the roar of the lions echoes once more. May your hearts be receptive, your minds open, and your spirits ready. Until we reconvene, remember we are lions ever seeking, ever roaring. <laughs>